close calls Everybody's got a story What's yours? Hello, my name is David J. McNeil and welcome to the first episode of my podcast, Cool Story. Two years ago, my wife and I sold our condo in downtown Toronto, Canada, and decided to buy a boat to spend the summers on in Toronto and a villa in a small Costa Rican town called Playa del Coco to spend our winters. Not long ago, I was marveling to a friend about how many really fascinating people I had met throughout the years living in Toronto, not to mention all the new friends we had met both at the Marina in Toronto as well as in Costa Rica. You should do a podcast about those people, he said. So here we are. So thanks to my buddy Jonathan Baldock for the inspiration. My first guest is my good friend Joe Motiki. I met Joe back in 1997 when I was hired to work on the after-school TV series TVO Kids Crawl Space. Joe's had many successes since those days as an actor, a game show host, a live event host, and the voice of countless characters on animated shows like Metabot, Rescue Heroes, the Total Drama series, Hotel Transylvania, Corn and Peg, Clifford the Big Red Dog, Life's a Zoo, and Stan Lee's The Seventh Portal. Joe and I had a chance to talk about his early career in children's television and life in general in show business. Also, please stick around after my chat with Joe to enjoy the first ever installment of a series we're calling Please don't try this at home So again, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Here's my conversation with Mr. Joe Motiki. Hello, Joseph Motiki. How are you? Dave, I'm doing all right, brother. How you doing, man? Okay? I am doing great, and I'm so thrilled that you are here with me today because uh, we have known each other for a long time. Yeah, yeah, bro. You are somebody that uh, has been a big part of my life, so I'm very excited that you are the first guest on my new podcast. So happy to have you. No, very kind of you, Dave. It's uh, I'm glad you're doing this, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of of uh of of ep one of the cool Episode story one of the cool story podcast that's uh it's exciting business man i'm glad you i'm glad you're doing it it's exciting thank you the inaugural episode uh so joe why don't we start out uh, i did a little bit of a preamble uh, right. which i'm going to be doing every episode where i kind of uh, told people a bit about uh your career and your life and and uh how you uh got to where you are today it was dope dave it was it, all it was- dope <laughs> <laughs> my life is dope <laughs> was that the preamble joe's life is dope everything he touches turns to gold here's you the go, story there which is kind of true i mean you you uh you studied broadcasting at ryerson university which is now a university right yeah now the program you studied was that was it a, a tv and radio or was it just tv or what was the deal uh the program was radio and television arts uh so back when i started there was a three-year program and then um, uh, we were the last uh, group to have the three-year program. Uh, after we left, it became a four-year program. So right. uh, uh, Ryerson uh, had it was Ryerson at the time. It was a polytechnic, right? It had been a polytechnic institute. Then it became Ryerson Polytechnic University, and then eventually it became a university. But we were the last guys with the three-year program to uh, to graduate with the uh, uh, the Bachelor of Arts in uh, an RTA. So, right. yes, first year was radio and just got all of our radio training. Second year was television, where we just did all of the uh, 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 television stuff. And then third year, 
was sort of a mix. You could kind of go in whatever direction you wanted, wherever your passions lie, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. That's that's actually interesting because that's what the program was like. At I studied uh, television broadcasting at Algonquin College in, in Ottawa. And the year yeah, before I took the program, it was a, a radio and television program as well. But they, they ended up scrubbing that and doing a program for each. That's oh, pretty cool. Okay. That you were able to uh, uh, study the radio as well because you did end up doing some work in radio as well. It's so. Look, it was nice to get a base in everything, right? I mean, that was sort of the, the trick of the program. Like, just you get a base in everything. So, like, you know, you you study everything. You're a master of nothing. But you the thing I loved about that program, Dave, was that you got to learn everybody's job, right? So mm-hmm. no matter what it was in radio and television, uh, film set, you had an appreciation of what everybody else was doing. So that right. hopefully when you get out into the world and you become a professional, you understand what everybody else is doing, right? Which and seems basic, yeah. but, and you know this because you've, You've been working as, as long as me. There's a lot of there's a lot of goofs who don't seem to have an appreciation of what the next man's job is and what she's doing and what that guy and why he's holding that and why that's happening. And, you know, it, it can affect things like on a set or wherever you might be working. Right. Yeah, that's the way it is when you take a, a program like that, too, where you're also you're painting flats one day. You know, you're in the audio booth one day, you're working mm-hmm. camera one day, you're writing one day. They, they really put you through every different position so you can learn that and, and you can you can also figure out what all the other people have to do and, and you're more respectful oh. of, uh, of that work. It starts from, a, a you know, it starts early that. Yeah, you, know you would I mean? hope. Did you enjoy that program? Like, I mean, did, I, did you enjoy that school at Algonquin? Yeah, I did enjoy the program. It was good, and I, I met some really cool people, and a lot of them moved to Toronto with me, so nice. we kind of had a family once we landed here. Oh. The one thing about the program that I was in was it they they were the the year after I was there, they were building they, they were going to be uh, in a new broadcast center. They definitely had some sponsorship. They had more money. So the year that I was there, like everything was falling apart. And we were shooting <laughs> stuff on like high eight cameras, which is right. you know something that you don't see anymore. Yeah, uh, obviously. But they, they were these little you remember high eight cameras? Oh, bro, little tapes or whatever. They they weren't great quality, but whatever. We were just learning, so we were shooting on those. And, uh, you know, we'd have like lights and the, the barn doors were falling off the lights and stuff. And then the next year I was like, wow, you know, the year after we finished all the, the kids were coming in, got all the brand new equipment, but they, they were also, um, they were also for the first time going to be, um, editing, uh, offline, right? It was, right. it was digital editing. Yes. But the first year, none of the teachers really knew how to use any of that stuff. So I think a, a good chunk of their first year was kind of a little bit wasted. Yeah, because everybody was, you know, trying to figure out how to new, use all the the new equipment and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was probably better, you know, having done it with the old stuff and just learning how to do your job or whatever. And then once yeah. you get out of the workforce, they're going to throw you if you are editing or whatever. They're going to throw you on the Avid, which is you know, right. Yep, and editing who aren't in the business is an editing software, professional editing software, and all that. You could learn that later. Right. Yeah. But uh, it, what we were learning was storytelling, right? Yes. Yep. A thousand percent. We were in the, the exact same. Thing. We were in the exact same boat, Dave. When I was in RTA, uh, all the good stuff came the year after we left, right? Because that's when mm. they started getting that university money. So they were able to. So brand new sets, uh, brand new studios. Uh, the equipment was brand new. All the stuff. We were we were all analog. Everything that we had was like we edited my audio in first year. My editing was splicing, you know, the reel to reel tape, you know, the, 
Yeah, yeah. that's what I was. So I was there with the little uh, yellow uh, no, pencil crayon. <laughs> and then, yeah. All right. And then you're, you know, you're, hey there. And you got to cue it up to the, yeah. hey. And then yeah. right there is where you put your little edits. So you can cut. It was, I was awesome at it. But like, that's what we learned on and everything. Right. So, you know, by the time I got out into it, I mean, look, I, luckily I was performing. So, you know, I wasn't necessarily uh, producing and editing and all that, but all the stuff that we, that, that we learned, like so much of it was uh, no good to us when we actually got out into the workplace. So yeah, the, what was great about it was the story to theory, actually, you know, like, being good and knowing what you're supposed to be doing when you actually get out there and stuff. And yeah, the rest of the stuff you'll catch up on, right? Like you'll figure a- it out. Absolutely. Yeah. It's learning how to write, learning how to tell a story, uh, working with others. Um, you know, those are the basics of it really. Right. And then you get out there and then you get your hands on the, the, the good equipment and you learn how to do all that. And uh-huh. yeah, that's the big part about, about taking a, a, you know, a college course like that. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone should go to school, Dave. <laughs> Everybody should everybody should go to school and go learn, go figure it out, get it, get some get get some skills. Don't be ignorant. Yeah, get out there, learn something. <laughs> Don't be a fool. Dave and I have had a lot of fun over the years with the word ignorant. <laughs> it means a lot. What do you say? Man, that dude is just ignorant. Like, don't be ignorant. You you hit the ground running pretty quick. I mean, you're you're in broadcast school, and did you get? Did you get the tap to do what while you're going to school? I was I was still in school. I was pretty fortunate. So it was a three year program, right? So yeah. in between uh, second year and final year, I was had a summer job working at the uh, cemetery over on uh, Saint Clair and uh, Warden, right? You're, so cemetery doing groundskeeping. Or... Was that? Oh, okay. You digging graves? Yeah, uh, no. You know what? They wouldn't. They let the the big guys got to dig the graves, uh, but yeah. we would uh, do all the groundskeeping, mow the lawns. Um, uh, uh, we'd, uh, trim the grass around the tombstones. Um, right. every now and again, we would like dig the hole, right? That was actually yeah. probably the best, the best job to have there was to dig the hole because there was hardly any trees at the cemetery, right? So <laughs> high noon in the middle of the summer was hot as balls. And you're just like, oh, and when you've got like the, um, the lawnmowers, you're pushing the lot, you know, this heat coming off of the lawn. It smells like gas. And like, it was just ridiculous. When you got to dig the hole, one, you got mm-hmm. to work by yourself, which, which was, I liked because you're not talking to anybody. You, nobody's yeah. telling you the time. You just you don't have a boss time. in your face. Right. Yeah. You don't have to listen to everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. You had to listen to anybody like, oh man, only 15 minutes have passed. It's like, why would you tell me that, man? Like I'm, I'm dying here. I don't want to hear that. So when you're just digging a hole, it's just, all right, man, it's just you yeah. and you just ignore time. It's cool in the hole because you're surrounded by nice cold dirt. And the sun's not getting in. You got instant shade. Bro, that was the gig. <laughs> that that was the gig you wanted to dig the hole. Yeah, it's just you in the hole. That's right. So I was doing that that summer in between second and, uh, and third year. So I got to do the, uh-huh. uh, I got to, I was, I was working there. And uh, there's an ad in the newspaper um, TVO was looking for a, a host with the most. That was the name of the uh, of the ad or whatever, right? So, everybody, this is 1994. All right, so this is pre-internet. This is pre, um, you know, uh, alerts on uh, on LinkedIn or yeah, yeah. Workopolis wasn't a thing yet. Like this is just like you're yeah. opening up the newspaper like 
like, like Archie Bunker. Hey, what's in the one ads? <laughs> you sit there yeah, and yeah. you find the, that's what it was. Yeah. That's so, how they get newbies, right? They're not putting in playback magazine or any of those kind of things. They're, they're, they're reaching out to, to people who are just starting the business or whatever, right? Yeah. And I was fortunate. That's what they wanted for this show. So uh, my friend Stephanie uh, had told me about the ad and she's like, yeah, they're looking for a host. Like you should go. So I figured, look, it'd probably be really, really good training to just go to a real live cattle call and see what it's about and try it out and, you know, see how I feel about it, see how I like it and stuff. Right. So, um, so I went to this, uh, open audition, open call at TVO. So it's located young in Eglinton, which is uptown mm-hmm. Toronto. And yep. it was, uh, 350 people had shown wow. up for this thing. So the place is mm-hmm. ran. Right. So, uh, and they said, just come with a, uh, come with a photo and a resume. So I don't have a resume, right? I'm, yeah. I'm still in school. So I take my work resume, right? So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, you uh, filled the, the stock room at Goodwill. That's interesting. Oh, look yeah. at this. You you delivered um, for the drugstore. Oh, that's cute. And so I just put all that down. I figured, look, that's my life experience. Yeah. And for you're, my, you're basically employable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People have trusted me to do some things. So, you know, I'm not some, you know, complete jamoke who like, you know, has never had a job before. So just... So that's good. Then I've got the, uh, for my photo, it was just a photo of me jumping on beds on one of our uh, New Year's uh, road trips to Montreal. So right. it's me jumping on the bed. I said, okay, that's a photo I'm going to give them. So go in. Awesome. So we do our, uh, have the interview and just chat and this, that, you know, they're having a, uh, a laugh at the resume. Uh, a couple of the uh, producers, Tom Marchese, uh, who you, uh, you yeah, run into before. Good dude. He was a, uh, you know, it was all young producers right it was like a, a young team that was working on the show so uh so i go in have my interview you know we do a little uh a little sort of exercise ad-libbing some stuff and everything all right fine and i was stoked about it right i was just like all right man like that went really well that was good so all right so they said they were gonna you know cut it down if there's gonna be a call back get a call back all right fine so get a call back uh apparently they chopped it down to like 170 so mm-hmm. bring me in. We're going to do some more stuff. So do some exercises, all of that. That's fine. And then they, uh, it's down to like a final eight. And I go back again. So, um, so Janet Thompson is, uh, is, the, is, is the executive producer. She had uh, produced uh, Street, Street Sense over at uh, CBC. Okay. So, yeah. you know, established, good show. And then, um, you know, it was like Tom Marchese, uh, Adrian Callender, Christine Garris. They were like the, the producers uh, on the show. You know, all this young, like, I, look, I'm the young guy. I'm just looking at these people like, oh man, look at these like real professionals. But I'm figuring out, oh yeah, these guys are sort of having their first experiences too, right? Sure. Um, which was which was great. Um, so we go in, I do my, uh, uh, my, uh, my final audition for them. And I think it goes really well like if you know it, it all feels good to me for me i'm just excited to be there right i mean this is mm-hmm. i'm 21 at the time wow. right yeah. so i'm 21 i'm still in school and so i'm just, just wide-eyed yeah and this is the and this is look i'm in a, this is a real tv station right like this mm-hmm. ain't you know nonsense it's like all right man this is tvo i've watched tvo all my life, this is a station that had Jeremy. I'm a bear called Jeremy. I can do it. I can do it. Like this is <laughs> all the. Don't laugh, Dave. I'm looking at Dave. I can see his picture uh, as we're recording this podcast, and he's, he's he's laughing on screen. But it's true. It's a real thing. So yeah. I went and I I said, "All right, we're gonna go in. We're gonna knock this out." So um, so I feel like the audition audition goes great. 
And I'll always remember because I walked all the way home. So I walked, I live in East York, which is the east end of Toronto. So Mm. from Young and Eglinton to where I am at, say like Woodbine and Danforth. Yeah. I walked, I was just so stoked. I was just, it was a sunny day. I felt so good about it. I'm like, oh man, like that was, that was great. So I just, I walked, just walked all the way home. Just that's how good I felt. And uh, uh, they had told us, that um, the plan for the show was that they were going to be, they were going to choose five hosts and they would rotate the hosts each week. Uh, it would be right. a live phone-in show at night and, um, you know, they'll have a different host each week and we'll just, ro- we'll just rotate these five. Mm-hmm. So uh, I get the call maybe a couple of weeks later uh, and they say, yep, you, we loved you, you did great and you've got it. And you're the only you're the only one there. Wow. We're not going to have the other hosts. We just think you're great. You're the guy. And it's you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, wow, this, this is crazy. So I was like, all right, man, that's that's wicked. So um, the so we ended up uh, shooting the pilot for the uh, for the show. So the, the pilot was May 30th, 1994. Right. Uh-huh. And um, and I'm going to work for a month, right? So I'm going to work for a month on the uh, on the on the show. So I'm like, okay, this is this is wicked. So you know, I'm just I'm finished with my exams. I'm working at the cemetery, and yeah. I go in and, and we <laughs> we go to and we go to prepare it. And uh, it was uh, I, the title was if ifs if ifs ads or buts, and it was about advertising and smoking. Uh, how it's uh, geared uh, towards young people. Uh, TVO, for those that are listening and maybe don't know, it's the province's uh, educational broadcaster. That's right, so, province of Ontario. Province of Ontario. So it's all, you know, educational programming. Um, you know, it's the, it, you know, it was sort of the anti, uh, um, I shouldn't say anti, it was just a, the station itself, the entire station was just, it was about educating. Yeah, it was and, a mandate. Yeah, all kinds yeah. of fantastic shows. So, that's what this pilot is about. So it's like, all right, so we're going to do the pilot. And uh, it was all adrenaline all the time, Dave. That was and, 94, 95 was nuts. And what, what were your parents' take on that? Like what, what was their reaction to their son, you know, being on TV? That's, it's, a, it's a pretty big deal, I'm guessing. You know what? It was, it was exciting for them. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to explain to them what radio and television arts is, right? Yeah. Because I think like every parent... You know, they're they're quite well. So, what are you going to do after this? So, like, what what? So, yeah. what's what? What job are you going to have? Like, what is it? You know, and well, you know, there's we're doing radio the first year, and there's television the second year, and it's a mix of this. That. Yeah, what job are you going to have? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, so is this a career? Can you make money? Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna? You know, are you gonna be an actor? Are you gonna be a? You know, what are you gonna host? Do you do like yeah. it's because it, so you know, at least if you're studying. You're going to, to, to medical school, you're going to be a doctor, right? They can tell their yeah. friends you're going to be a doctor. If you're going to mm-hmm. engineer, whatever, they, you, you, there's something concrete. This industry it could be a number of things, right? Like, oh, it could be a writer. I could be a, uh, a, a, a cameraman. Like, like, you know, but there's nothing they can sort of sink their teeth into. Right. So the fact that I was in school and I was like always a good student. So my parents never worried about, you know, uh, it mm-hmm. wasn't like I was some sort of flighty, you know, uh, bohemian type that was hey you know the, the stairs yeah. you're gonna leave your folks knew you were focused yeah so they knew i was gonna you know whatever i was doing i was i was gonna be okay but it had to be a huge 
not relief, but comfort in being able to see me on television, a station they know, station yeah. they sat in, you know, I watched all the kids shows on TVO when I was growing up and now I'm on it and they can sit there and say, oh, okay, that's what he's doing. All right, great. Yeah. And it's, and not for nothing, there's a glamour to it as well, right? Like it's, there's no questions. Like there it is. And he's on TV yeah. and oh boy, look at him. He's introducing people and he's doing interviews and it's, yeah. they can tell their friends to watch. And now they know what, what, Eunice and Joe's kid is doing so yeah and people in the neighborhood are talking about it and it's right a, it's, it's uh, you become a local celebrity yeah they they it, they're sort of a, there's a, a real thing so they they you know it's so they they know right I mean there's there's so many times in this industry where you're sitting there and you tell people you know oh I'm you know working on an animated show and I'm not you know it's on at this time and what character are you and, and your character doesn't come on for a couple of minutes and, oh, forget it like I'm not hanging in for this like I, I, but for that, at that time, I'm on at 11 at night, and yeah. there I am. Boom. No find the channel, no all the other nonsense. There it is. So right. for friends, for family, like that's that's like that's that's as fun as fun can be. And it was, you know, and again, I'm still at school. So, you know, so for my parents, it's like it's the best of both worlds, right? He's in yeah. school, he's doing well in school, he's working. So we 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 know that, you know. We know he doesn't he's on the right track. Yeah, yeah, he's on the <laughs> yeah. right track. He's figured out what he wants to do and and he's good at it. And uh, yeah, they must have been really proud of you. Yeah. Now, so you do how many how many seasons did you do of what? So we did uh, one season. The show got canceled. Uh, um, I guess it would have been canceled in actually it was early January. So we were supposed to do a full complement. I think we we're supposed to do 26 episodes. We yeah. only ended up doing uh, 17 in total. The reason we got canceled, the word was that we were too we were too Queen Street and not suburban enough. Right. And uh, for people who there's a street in Toronto called Queen Street, which is a pretty funky street. And especially in the 90s, you know, it's pretty eclectic. Lots yeah. happening there. And that was that was sort of our show. Right. Yeah. And uh, I guess the, the higher ups just didn't they didn't feel like it was it was what a TV Ontario show should be. Right. You were a little too punk rock. It was, yeah, it was, de- it was definitely too punk rock, but yeah. we understood we had, it was, it was for a college crowd, right? You know, it was for a, a youth audience, 20 somethings. Uh, I mean, we did shows on, um, uh, violence against women. Uh, we did a show about, uh, living in a world with AIDS. Uh, you know, we had bands on every, uh, mm. every week and, uh, you know, we had some, some cool acts that, that came on there and stuff. Right. Uh, we did shows on music um yeah. political correctness back when the catch you know the term political yeah, correctness. yeah you were doing episodes on stuff before it was fashionable to do episodes on that kind of stuff right yeah it was a a pretty cutting edge show which was you know super cool um uh and look we that year we ended up getting nominated uh for a gemini award for a uh, mm-hmm. best youth program in canada so um you know so i mean that was really really gratifying to sort of have that acknowledgement that yeah you know what we were we were on the right track and we were doing something really good and you know yeah. we all in this industry you know oh man if that show had went another season oh if we've been able to do this that we've all got stories like that so i was fortunate for the 17 episodes sure and 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 you make your mark people see you uh people are taking notes and then how how long is it after that that uh the tvo kid uh, kids opportunity opportunity comes along because tvo kids i guess when you jumped on board had been on the air for a year right had been hosted uh by uh patty sullivan and, and kevin brosh kevin brosh um 
uh, leaves there, uh, eventually goes on to do be part of the Iron Chef uh, yep. franchise. He does a few of those. He, beca- he He's hosted shows the, 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 Thirsty, the, Traveler. the Thirsty Traveler, right? He travels mm. around the world. He, yeah. he's, uh, he's done some neat stuff. So mm. he leaves. He does this, what is it, a year of uh, a season of uh, TVO Kids, and then he decides he's going to leave, and they, they tap you for that one? Or he did does, you have to audition? Oh, he, yeah, he does a little over a year. So uh, they launched April of 94. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did my pilot in May of 94. Uh, I get what gets canceled in January. Um, and uh, and Janet had said that um, that there was interest in me doing TVO Kids, that they were looking mm-hmm. for a third host to come on, spell the uh, Patty and Kevin from time to time, give them a break. Because, uh, yep. you know, there's, it's, a, it's a big workload. And, you know, and they're looking to have a, a, a third host in there. So, and I remember saying uh, to Janet, like, no, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to go to, I'm, you know, look, I'm doing school. I'm going to constantly, you know, I'm, I got, I got papers to write, right? Like this is, you know, yeah. it's a lot of work and everything like that. So, you know, I just want to do these papers. And Janet had said, look, it'd be a, a really good opportunity and you should, you know, you should, you should do it. Like you should really, you should really consider it and you should do it like she was she wasn't messing around like look kid like you're being basically given a job you take the job like you don't which is which is again is something in the in canada you don't say no to work in this industry there's no you know maybe in the states when you hear about these actors i read the script and it wasn't really up to snuff so i had to pass on it you don't pass in canada in canada hey are you in it yes you audition you get it you do it done and that's that's what's up. So uh, so I started so I started making appearances. They started mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, uh, promoting that uh, this guy, Joe, was coming to the crawl space. Uh, the TVO Kids Crawl Space is the after school block of children's programs at TV Ontario. Um, and they would air shows like uh, Arthur and Ghost Rider and Magic School Bus. Uh, and so this show was already now it sort of made a mark and was growing viewers at a huge rate. And yeah. Patty and Kevin were becoming stars at, at, uh, in Ontario and at TVO uh, yeah. while I'm doing the, the late night show. So I started, I made my first appearance uh, at the end of January. It was, almost, um, it was almost at the same time. I think my first day, I went out to record some stuff with them at the zoo and did some stuff with like polar bears and all of that, which was a real a real change of pace in terms yeah. of, you know, the sort of really edgy stuff that I'm doing 11 o'clock at night. And now of course it's, you know, an entirely different audience, but as we're taught in school, not so punk rock, it, not, not punk rock at all. This is very, <laughs> this, this went from, yeah, this, this went from sex pistols to Sherry Lois and Pram <laughs> PDQ. It, it was yeah. like, it was very different. Uh, but you know, you know, your audience and you just do your thing and that was it. Yeah, well, it's nice the way you were rolled into the show slowly too, right? So, so you you uh, you finally you you get uh, you get the nod for that gig, and then the rest is history. Uh, I met you. I think I met you probably. I don't know if it's uh, see, probably th- season three. I don't know. Did they used to talk about seasons? No, so much? you know what? It was Not always really, just years. I, yeah, no, yeah. April. It was just like you know, a year, two years, three years, because we we're on. It was on live every day after school, right? So yeah. you know, it wasn't like there was a you know, the 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 fall finale of TVO Kids, and then there's right. a break. It was you worked the whole way through. It was it was crazy. Now the truth is, we because the time that we met 
on TVO Kids was not the first time that we met. <laughs> yes, that's kind of a funny thing. No, I, it's a cool yeah. story, Dave. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a cool, cool story. story. Nice. Yes, I like the way you reincorporated the name of the show into this. That's uh, right. Go ahead. Yes, it was. No, cool it, it was the. Um, so I'm hosting Telefest in 1995, the Telefest Awards, which and... was a, which was a film festival put on by TVO. Right. Uh, back back in the day when they still had a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And they were looking to, you know, sort of encourage young people to get into the industry and to do stuff. So uh, it was at the Phoenix Concert Theater, which is a super cool venue uh, in mm -hmm. Toronto. Used to go dancing there, Planet Vibe Sunday nights. Uh, you go there and see concerts. And uh, so we, the Telefest Awards are happening are happening there. And uh, I, no, I didn't host that. I was presenting. So I presented yeah. with Patty. And it was uh, the category that you were in. Yeah, that's right. I was, I was at the time, I was uh, studying broadcasting at Algonquin College. Um, somebody, there was a, a group that was shooting a film. The guy who was playing the lead dropped out. Somebody mentioned me. Uh, I auditioned. I worked on this film. It was a short film uh, mm. called Trent Nation. Uh, people liked it. They started uh, shopping it around to see if they could get it in any festivals. It got into TVO uh, Televest uh, Festival. Ooh. And then they, they were like, they, 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 I was joking around earlier about they had some money, but they really did have some money in those yes. days. Yes. Yep, there was. Uh, and uh, I remember, because it was super cool, I, I, I lived in Ottawa. I'd never really, you know, traveled anywhere for any kind of professional reason. I was just mm -hmm. a kid. I was 25 years old. And uh, they called me up and they said, yeah, we're going to, we're going to bring you to Toronto. We're going to pay for your train tickets. And some of the other, you know, the, there was about four or five of us who got uh, our train tickets paid for. We stayed at the, uh, uh, at the brand new, uh, Sky Dome Hotel, which is now the oh, Renaissance Hotel. Oh, no way. I didn't yeah, know we that. Watched, uh, we watched one of the first Raptor games, uh, an exhibition game from our room, out, oh. like, from the window. Uh, that oh. was uh, my buddy who was, uh, worked in the film as well, Tony Devlin, he went, uh, out that <laughs> Tony <day>. Devlin. <laughs> yeah, he went out that day to do, uh, uh, he, he went on his own and did a CN tower tour and he ran in, uh, Damon Stoudemire, who was the star of that rap. He was rookie uh, of the year. It, he was yeah, rookie yeah. of the year in 95. That's and, right. uh, and then we went to the show and, and I saw myself on a big ass screen, you know, with an audience. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we were excited. I, it was like, oh, this is it. You know, this is this is the beginning of something really interesting. And you were part of that story before I even knew you, you know? Before, yeah. Before we before we knew each other, we we intersected. But I don't think we figured out until many years later that that we had that connection. Because we certainly didn't, when I met you, uh, you know, uh, I, I didn't I didn't connect the dots. But uh, I, I think I got hired in 1997, I want to say, to work on the show. And basically, my job was to come in and answer mail and uh, respond to viewers, and it was kind of like a, almost like a, a social media job before there was social media. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, it was like managing all the like because we got look, we got a lot of you have to uh, TVO kids. We got a crap ton of mail. Yeah. The viewer mail that we got in that show was it was a lot. I mean, again, this is all pre-internet. So this isn't, you know, for us to be interactive, we'd ask for something and we got it. You know, we, Hey, send us in bananas and pajamas for our bananas and pajamas party. Yeah. Lots Hundreds, of artwork from kids. Tons. Right. Yeah. And they would mail it in, put it in boxes, mail it in. So when you were there, you, it was a lot to coordinate because we had a birthday segment, which was hugely popular where, you know, yeah. people, 
parents would send in their uh, children's uh, birthday cards. And then we, all right, it's January 25th. These are the birthdays. And we would hold up those cards. And it was, there was a lot. There was, there was that a was, lot of them. And there, <laughs> and yeah, you and there walked was, into. There was a lot of names to figure out how to, how to pronounce too. Eh? <laughs> That's right. That's it right. Was, it was interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure. And a mutual friend of ours, Sharla had that job before you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, that. Yeah. And you knew Sharla from your uh, Ottawa days at Algonquin. That's right. Yeah. 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 And then she, uh, you know, okay, Dave, and sort of showed you the ropes and what you're going to be doing and everything. And off we went. So it was like, it was, it, it was crazy. It, the amount of mail that we got was, it, it was, it was nuts. Yeah. So that's what you were doing. But, and just for everybody listening, because Dave is super funny and super talented. It was it was <laughs> obvious early. It was like, oh man, like we can we can do stuff with this guy. So the great thing about TVO Kids, TVO Kids was almost it was like a sketch show in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, and we would just um, like the way we would uh, um, the, we organize a day. You know, uh, Patty and I, we would get the rundowns for the day. So maybe they give her. Monday and Tuesday, and I'd have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And it was our job to insert all of the content into the breaks. So, you know, we take a look at what an episode was about. Maybe we'd work some stick around that, right? You know, if, if Dudley the Dragon uh, was scared of going to the dentist, I decide, okay, you know what? I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, the worst uh, experience I had going to the dentist and how it all worked okay. You know, mm-hmm. and, then you, and you just sort of work the bits like that. And then you fill up a day. And there's like 16 16 breaks in a day, 12 to 16, depending on the time of year. And we would, and basically whatever we wanted to do, we did, you know, mm-hmm. we'd have a meeting where we then talked to whoever was directing the day or yeah. the producer, you know, to say, this is what I want to do. This is what I do. Maybe tweak the idea a little bit, but it was kind of the wild west. Whatever we wanted to do, we, we basically yeah. did. Like that was, there was no if, ands, or buts about it. It's like, all right, Patty and Joe, would it, yeah, that's a good idea. Just do this and off we'd go. So if we wanted to pull somebody in, you know, if, if I've got an idea, oh, you know, it'd be really handy. It may be this, this guy, uh, a character that my character could work with or that I wanted to talk to. Dave was game for anything and everything. So Dave did a ton of stuff with us uh, on TVO Kids which was great. And so, you know, we had so much fun beyond just yeah. our jobs and stuff. Right. It was exciting. It was, it was really exciting. I've always said, and we've, we've chatted about this quite a bit. It really was a, in some terms, uh, it was a golden age of live television. Well, for, for anyways, in my short life at the time, uh, <laughs> you know, because it was, I grew up in Ottawa. There was a bunch of shows that I liked, uh, uh growing up and they were, I, uh, there was uh you can't do that on television which was right. shot shot in 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 ottawa and it was a yeah. big deal it ended up becoming part of the uh nickelodeon franchise they used to pour right. green green uh the green goop all over people and that became part of the nickelodeon thing and there's a lot of big stars that came out of that show and it was shot in ottawa yeah um, the, the you slime know, somebody, started yeah. on you can't do that on television that's right that's and, slime you, know, that you see now you see these hosts john cena yeah. and kevin hart and they go on there it's a big deal to get slimed that started on that show in Ottawa in early mid to mid nineties or eighties, even no, it was, yeah, it was in the early eighties and stuff. Yeah, that's right. And I, you know, I mean, it lasted quite a long time. Um, wasn't Rekka on that or a friend Rekka. She was on that. Alanis Morissette was on that. That's right. Uh, Josh Morris produced it. 
who yeah, ended up being gosh, a producer we, at TV. Yeah, I worked with him over at uh, YTV as well on a show he did there. And that was really, really informed my sense of humor. I liked the way they did that. I also mm-hmm. used to love another uh, uh, another show that uh, we all know was uh, the uh, hilarious... Um, uh, House of Frankenstein. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, hilarious uh, House of Fre- uh, Frankenstein, uh, which was shot right. in uh, in Hamilton. Yeah, uh, and uh, I so I just love that stuff. And and so when I got the opportunity to work on TVO Kids, that's what it was like, right? You get you show up in the morning and you come up with ideas at the table, and they would be on the air by the end of the day, and you didn't have all kinds of specialists who had to double check that with a, the educational curriculum, which eventually had to happen. Yeah. But in those days, it was kind of like you said, it was a wild west. And it was really cool because at the time I landed at TVO Kids and I started taking, I started studying at Second City and I was mm-hmm. studying with Martin Markle, who was one of the producers on the show. Right. And yep. so that was kind of the thing that got it going. He was like seeing me do stuff in class and he's like, well, why don't you do stuff in the show? Right. And I started doing live stuff and it was so exciting because, you know, there's, the there's no safety net. It's thrilling, thrilling, yeah. thrilling. It's also scary as all hell. And I can actually, if I watch some of those bits, I can see the fear in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was perfect. It was exciting. And and um, I mean, I, I have so many great memories of, of that era. And then, you know, I, I, I kind of got into the business. I was working behind the scenes, but in no time I was doing characters on on YTV and CBC and it kind of took off from there, but yeah. it was all thanks to that show and, and, um, and that opportunity. And, and, you know, part of the story about for people who are, are listening to this, uh, who aren't from Ontario is that TVO and CBC, uh, because they were government run organizations, they, they were available everywhere to everybody. So, yes. So they were available on rabbit ears. Right. right. So cable yep. came out or whatever, and people who couldn't afford or people who lived in regions that didn't have uh, cable uh, mm-hmm. would watch. That, that's what you watch, mate. You're, you're watching you're watching TVO and all those shows that they were producing. You're watching CBC. You're watching, you know, the Beachcombers and these different shows that yeah. that, that, yep. that 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 you got and you got yep. for free on your rabbit ears. TVO's transmitters. Uh, I remember some of the tech guys talking to them, and they said that the transmitters got to 99.2% of the province. The province of Ontario is bigger than many countries. It is huge and it is expansive. And our signal got out to everybody. So it was a, so it really was a part of the fabric of people who live in the province. Uh, But of course the kids who live in the province, the, and one of the most the common stories that I get from any kids outside of the GTA, uh, and it was in letters. And then when I run into uh, kids or viewers and people that used to watch the show, it's like, I only got four channels, Joe. We only got four channels. And one of them was TVO. So we watched that every day. That was yeah. always a common thing. The other common thing, TVO is the only channel that like my mom will let me watch because she doesn't yeah. like the commercials and all that. So she just trusts that that shows so and we have to sit there and watch it. And it was funny. And ha, ha, ha. It's like, yeah, that's that. That's right. That is that's what's up. So the the that was sort of the I mean, there's an innate responsibility that you have as the host of that show, because that's that's a lot of heavy stuff. Right. Like, I mean, you know, you're being you know, you know that it's it's you. Like We're the only people out there. If you live out in. In 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 you know Kakabeka uh, uh, Falls or or you know some place where maybe you're not you don't get the signal that mm-hmm. uh, that that you do elsewhere. It's like yo, you're it. You're the only show in town. 
And you might think, okay, you get to rest on your laurels because it's just you, but it's got to be good. Well, and not only that, I mean, you you guys weren't just in the studio. We went out and did a lot of live events. You'd go out to the zoo and thousands of kids would come out. We'd be at a museum and, you know, as many kids as they could fit in the museum. We were out there doing stuff live all the time. So you were getting direct feedback and we'd get tons of mail and phone calls. Like this is before social media, but it was insane how much feedback we would get from the kids and their parents about what they liked about the show. I remember, you know, one of the most exciting things ever was one of the first bits I did. It actually was one of the first, it was the first bit I wrote for the show. And Mm. I, and uh, I don't, I didn't even appear in it, but I, uh, and, and uh, Martin gave me artwork. It was one of the kids drawn a, looked like a frame. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or a frame, you know, like a, a, just like a shot from the show, like a still from Mm. the show. Yeah. Uh, uh, of these characters I'd written and the, and the piece I'd written. And I was like, wow, just the, the kids spend this amount of time uh, because they love the show and uh, yeah, very much engaged. So, yeah. so they're that's, engaged. They see yeah. what they like once they like it. I mean, look, that's, that might be the greatest thing about a, a youth audience like that, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. if you suck, they will tell you that you suck. Like there's, yeah. there's going to be no, you will find out. And if they, if they like you, then they're going to watch. If they love you, you're going to know. And you don't, mm-hmm. that kind of effort, you know, to put into artwork and to send it in to, you know, you're not just doing that just because, right? Yeah. You're doing that because, and when you think about something that you did, and then instantly somebody has drawn, I mean, that's that's effort, put work into it and mailed it in. Something that you did, and it's, it's, it's forever captured, right? Like it is, yeah. you know, there's so much mail, of things that we did and and things that we would try. And it was, that was exciting getting out into the field. I mean, that was also one of the mandates of TVO, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to get into every nook and cranny of the, of the province and go meet, go meet our viewers, go meet kids, go find them. One of the coolest things about that job was going out into these, these, uh, these, 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 you know, these, these, these smaller communities, and you know, you, you meet the kids and the kids say, what are you doing here? Why'd you come here? It's yeah. like, hey man, this is Ontario. Like, it's not all just Toronto. Like, it's a, you know, we wanted to come and meet you, and it would blow their minds. Yeah, no, that's that's a big deal. I remember, I remember a, a, an early experience like that, and and I didn't live in a remote community. I lived in 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 Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada, and and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, I remember going out with my parents one year for uh, on it was Canada Day. On July 1st, went right. out to Parliament Hill and uh, they have a parade and they would do the changing of the guard and the whole deal. And the parade starts happening and there's a guy who pulls up in an old jalopy, a beautiful old car. And I was so excited to see him. It was Bruno Gerussi, who was a big star <laughs> of a CBC show called The Beachcombers. Right. And once again, a show everybody watched because it was on yep. Sunday night. And right. everybody, everybody watched it because it was, it was free. It can't, it got, uh-huh. you know, you picked up on the rabbit ears and it was exciting. It was the first yep. time I had ever seen a celebrity wow. and, it, and it, and it, and it makes it tangible. You're like, Oh, yes. you know, there's, there's somebody showing up my town. He works in the entertainment business. He's an actor. He's a big deal. He's right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can be part of this world. Right. And that, that's, that's priceless, right? When you when you show up like that, and th- yeah. this this is this brings me actually this brings me to another story, uh, uh, which is um, uh, during that period when I was working with you on TVO Kids, I remember one day 
we took the subway home because there was a part of that that time where we lived in the same neighborhood, and right. we're taking the the, the TTC, the, the Toronto's uh, public transit, the subway, uh, yeah. one of the main lines that, that uh, goes across Bloor Street, going out to right. the uh, East End where where we both lived, and we ran into this kid <laughs> on the streetcar. No, 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 no. It wasn't, it wasn't a streetcar, but it was. It was. Uh, it was. We're we're on the subway. Yeah, coming south. This is Davisville, St. Clair. You know the step. Uh, the, yeah. and so it's rammed in the street in the in the in the subway. You know, it's seven o'clock, so it's not rush hour, but it's yeah. full, right? And 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 uh, I'm sitting. I'm sitting there. You know, I'm, I've got a seat. You've got a seat, and everyone's just close together. So he's this adorable little pudgy. Uh, East Indian kid. He's got black hair and just you know, cute face and, and a uh, voice. And his, vo- his voice is the Dave loves the voice because he always does the <laughs> voice. So, uh, so you know, so he and I know, I always know, you know, if you know, you, you get the sense when someone's looking, and I've yeah. you know, I've never had a, a problem. It's fine. It's you know, I'm looking at him. I'm just, you know, hey, and he's like, he goes, excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Are you Joseph Modicki from TVO Kids? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And it, it always kills me. He said Joseph Modicki because on the show it's Patty and Joe, right? Yeah. This kid was smart enough. He knew I was Joseph Modicki. Like he he had the last name down. Yeah. So he's like, um, he's uh, he's like, you know, listen, could I have your autograph? I'm like, yeah, of course. So of course I've got the TVO Kids postcard. I started signing it, yeah. and everybody, it's. Everybody can hear this conversation, right? Like everyone's just because it's it, ram. Sardines in there. Yeah. Uh, could I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. What's your question? <laughs> What's a television superstar like you taking public transportation? <laughs> <laughs> and everybody laughs. Like the whole thing is a run. This kid's like a little startled. Like whoa! Yeah. Is, you know, As a television superstar like and i always it was just funny like this the, the vernac television superstar like even if he just they said taking public transportation like hey listen yeah. you know I, I just like yeah i gotta get to work and yeah. you know driving can be crazy so you know ttc is the better way and and you know so the and it just you could just feel like the mood in the in the the, the subway car was just loose just lightened that, up yeah, just, yeah 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 oh my god enjoying that moment because oh. the superstar was taking not not public transportation public <laughs> Transportation. <laughs> what are you taking? Public transportation. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, and man. that must have been a, an aha moment for that kid too, right? Because and that's that's oh. a beautiful thing. This is like my Bruno Jersey story. It's right. like you you once you see that person mm-hmm. in your own milieu, taking the subway home, taking the subway home, or whatever, mm. being part of your life or whatever. You're like, oh, well, that's man, I don't know. That's possible or that's you know yeah. less of a, a a pipe dream or something you know it's just it's more tangible look i'm and, sure a lot of kids i mean they probably just think it's all you know i mean how do the people on tv that you like like how do they get to how did mr dress up get to work i mean like you know i don't know i guess when we're really little we think he lives there mm-hmm. and then when we get a little older then we figure out it's a studio and all that i mean I, you know 
I don't know if we ever thought that, like, you know, Ernie Coons was taking a limo back and forth. Yeah. I know CBC had some money back in the day, but, you know, I don't think anybody was thinking that. Yeah, Ernie Coons didn't really seem like a limo kind of guy. He didn't, but, you know, like, you you never know. You never know who is and who isn't. But, you know, it's it's very different when you you just sort of see somebody and you just, oh, okay, well, that's, you know, it's, it's, being on television, especially for like kids, I mean, you're, you're in a box, right? You live in a mm-hmm. box. I remember the smallest of children at autograph signings couldn't fathom, like, how did you get out of the box? How did you get out of that? You were in that, and now yeah. you're out here, and you can actually like touch me, and my mom's super excited to see you, but this is impossible. And then, you know, you get a little older, and you sort of have an idea that, like, you know, it's a TV show and all of that. Like, it's a, it's, it is a, look, that was the great thing, like you were saying earlier about kind of getting out. Mm-hmm. getting out to these places and letting kids actually see you in there because you're out of you're out of context you're out of text for them right like what are you why are you here like this is this makes no sense but it was always great to just sort of kind of get out and stuff right and i mean you know like events like i mean i think i think uh over the course of my time there uh i'd done around 200 live events Mm-hmm. different parts of the province, different places and all of that. I sort of figured that out when I was talking to Patty about it years after when she was trying to figure out how much stuff she had done during our time together at TVO. And I sort of come out, I think it was, yeah, it was about 200. I think we'd done a little over 200. And, you know, that's a that's a lot of people, man. And that's a lot of, uh, of, of lineups and autographs and, yeah. and, and meeting people. And, you know, like there's some, and, you know, and sort of stunning people with sort of, what this was and uh were you at the magic school bus picnic i uh i don't think so the one i remember the one that i remember was the one we did at the zoo the big the big we did a big show at the toronto zoo and oh. i remember you guys well i, I remember we built zubilee yeah i mean we, we yeah. at one point we thought it was wrapped up and you and i jumped in a golf cart and somebody said well we'll drive you back out of the parking lot to uh to your car uh, mm. cars, whatever. Uh, and we ran into some kids who wanted autographs and I, I think we jumped out of the golf cart and you might've been like doing an extra hour of, uh, of autographs yeah, or yeah. something like there was a lot of that. Yeah. I remember. And then, and then, uh, did it, we did an event at, um, uh, the science center, uh, oh, Bill Nye uh, uh, for uh, March break where it was the same kind of deal. It was like, you, oh, you guys, man. you and Patty must've done autograph for uh, signing autographs for hours after that. Like Look, the, the number a, of kids who used to come out for those things. Yeah, it was a, we did the, there's the Bill Nye shows at the, at the science center. And uh, look, I think everybody knows, I mean, Bill Nye, the science guy has, you know, taken on this new yep. sort of heft in the, uh, in the world now. Uh, but before he had that heft, like this is the reason. Single-handedly defending science <laughs> almost some days. Him and San- Sanjay Gupta. <laughs> they're a two man. They're they're a two man tag team. Like it's it's crazy. Uh, but he got this heft because of this show that mm-hmm. back at that time was it was new and he was just you know he was this young guy and everything and mm-hmm. he was super cool and he had come up uh, and done stuff with us on a couple of occasions. Yeah. But we uh, had for March break these uh, this day when we did these these shows these live shows and we had scheduled three shows at the Science Center. And, uh, and again, it was just the, the lines. It was just, 
and look, the show itself, I mean, we're still only a couple of years old, right? So, I mean, this is all still like learning experiences for us and how to handle a crowd and how to manage it and, and to manage expectations, right? Because, you know, you, you tell people, hey, come out and see us. Mm-hmm. You you better be ready because they're going to come out and see you and you better yeah. be ready for that because yeah. it's, it's going to happen. And Bill Nye uh, was super, super gracious because, you know, look, he's a big star, right? Yeah. And he added... We did double the amount of shows, and he was and he added twice the shows. So instead of three mm-hmm. shows, we did six shows mm-hmm. there uh, that day, uh, which meant we were able to get double the amount in. And even mm-hmm. then, there was still a lot of people that weren't going to weren't going to make it, yep. uh, and weren't going to get in. So then Patty and I would, you know, they just they just send us out, say, "Look, they're not going to make it. Just go." And we just go and we just start and just work that entire line and just talk to the kids and talk to their parents, and yep. so at least they could say, "Hey, we met." patty and joe which yeah there was a takeaway they showed yeah. up they didn't get in but they 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 got they got uh press the flesh and get a little love from from you yeah guys. And, and and a little personal even that maybe 10 seconds or 15 seconds of personal time yeah. i mean look the people who got in got to see a cool show but maybe didn't get to do that so yeah. It, but yeah so science center they found out magic school bus picnic mm-hmm. it was a huge huge day because we were going to do a live show from Center Island, uh, there at the uh, in in Toronto, yeah. And Magic School Bus was again one of the iconic, super popular shows from mm-hmm. TVO Kids. Uh, Lily Tomlin played uh, Miss Frizzle. Um, yeah. I believe Netflix is doing a new version now. Uh, and uh, Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live oh, nice. is the new Miss Frizzle. Yeah, so she's she's doing that, and uh, which is cool. But this was the original. Uh, so we had this magic school bus picnic and we told the kids, Hey, we're going to be on the Island and come on out to the magic school bus picnic. Yeah. And, uh, and we had told the people who ran the ferries, cause you know, you have to take a ferry <laughs> yeah. from out to Toronto Island. And, you know, we told them, listen, we're expecting a lot of people. Hey, listen, we've been doing this for a long time, yeah. guys. All right. Yeah. We, we've handled lots of crowds. We know how to do it. Everything's going to be okay. It's like, all right. Yep. No problem. <laughs> Hour later, Holy crap, man. Look at all these people. Like the line is going out. There. It was going oh, snaking out to Front Street. And then they had to turn over and around and down the street. Yeah. So they ended up calling in uh, the ferry drivers who were on their day off so that they could double the amount of ferries that were taking <laughs> people over. Right. Nice. And they were just, oh, these guys are coming in a day off. And oh, what's happening? What's going on? TVO Kids, that's what's happening. All right, yeah. Mofo, TVO Kids is happening. <laughs> Let's go. We had 15,000 people on the island uh, over the, the course of the day that came out for the Magic School Bus picnic. And it was just, you know, we did our live uh, our live show. We were, you know, airing the shows and then we come on in between the shows and uh, it, it was it was crazy, Dave. It was nuts. Yeah, it was exciting times to work on that show for sure. And it was uh, it was amazing the way those kids responded. So how many seasons did you finally end up doing on, on TVO Kids before you decided to uh, move on other projects? I was there for uh, for four years, so four years. it was uh, so started there like yeah, so full time. Like I said, I did some part time stuff with uh, with them, and then it was June, and then my last day uh, was May thirtieth, nineteen ninety nine. So it was five years to the day that I did the pilot. Uh, that I did the pilot for what? That was yeah. ninety four, May thirtieth, nineteen ninety nine. That was the uh, so I I told the kids. Um, that I retired. So 99 was the same year. Uh, Michael Jordan retired, Wayne Gretzky retired and John Elway retired. Mm-hmm. So I figured if I used the vernacular of retiring, yeah. you know, they would understand, okay, like, you know, it means that you're not going to be doing something anymore, yeah. but 
it doesn't mean you're 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 going away. You're not dying, or you know, you're not. You're just gonna stop doing this thing, or at least that was my hope. So right. that if they were doing it, they'd understand. Okay, he's retiring too. So, uh, and I've always referred to it as my retirement. I've never yeah, said yeah, I know. That's funny you mentioned that too, because I was thinking about that today, and I was thinking, I wonder why it is that he always refers to, you know, him leaving TVO Kids as being a retirement. And I, I, I thought, well, maybe he just didn't. Didn't like the word, yeah, well, I quit TVO or whatever it was. It, 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 uh, it was an ugly word for him or something. So he's gone with retirement. It wasn't. <laughs> that makes right. sense the way you, right. you described it. No, it's, it's, it's true. No, even like with you, with, with all adults that I talked to, I've, I've always said, yeah, when I retired from TVO Kids in 99, I don't know if, you know, and maybe they, um, I mean, yeah, quit is a strong, a strong word. Quit sounds mm. like, you know, this job sucks. I quit. You yeah, know, no, exactly. I've never. Yeah, and I'm. Yeah. I'm it's not know, a great word, but yeah. no, it's it's not. I never, I never thought of it as such. To me, it was like a, it was like I was, I was retiring. You know, the same way that you know athletes retire and they, you know, you, you, the shirt goes up to the rafters, and you know, for me, that's what what it was, and it was, uh, and it was, uh, even that was was really really good. I know they wanted to minimize because they were worried about you know viewers being sad about me leaving. So they, yeah, it was yeah, for sure. one month. That it was sort there, of there was a lot of discussion about that kind of thing on the show, and yeah, and yeah. I, I remember too. Even um, I wasn't. I worked on the show for a year, and then I moved on to another project at uh, TVO or TFO, which is with a sister station, right? French, French yep. language sister station. And uh, I remember I didn't work on the show, but I remember going out for lunch with you and and Martin, uh, the producer of the show, and uh, chatting with you about what you should do next and uh because you did think about it for a long time because the show was a really big part of your life and you weren't sure at the time whether whether you'd kind of done everything you could do there you know what the merits were Mm -hmm. of of of, uh going out on your own and then finally you decided that uh that you would go out on your own and try a new thing so i remember you, Mm -hmm. you talking about it as being a retirement at the time and and then you did springboard off to obviously a lot of other great things but i think uh, we've always talked about this, what a magical time that was to have worked in television and to have gotten into television at a time when, um, when it was very much grassroots. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. at least that, that show was. That, that show was, I mean, yeah. it, not a whole lot of chefs in the kitchen. We had a small team, even, uh, uh, at the end of my time, it was still fairly small. I mean, it was starting to expand, but at the time that we were there, it was, you know, we were all sort of in our little cubicle area right Mm -hmm. on the fourth floor of of tvo fourth floor south and we all could see each other if you looked like you know if you saw a map of where our seats were everybody could pretty much see each other we you know or at least we're in shouting distance yeah (laughs) there'd be people walking people who worked in the the legal department who who would be walking by on the way to get a coffee downstairs and it would stop in the in the hallway and kind of look over one of those cubicle half walls while while the team was like uh sitting around the round table and uh and spitballing stuff or, yeah. or, or, uh, you know, even rehearsing in the office space or whatever. Yeah. Working uh, stuff out. It, it was fun. It was fun. And I think even the oh. people who didn't work on, work on the show, enjoy the energy of that group. It, it, yeah. Because yeah. it was it very much it, the energy of young people. Yeah. Having, having fun and enjoying like what they're doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, the, the truth is that not everybody, you know, not everybody gets to, right. Not everybody does, you know, enjoy what they're doing for a living and stuff. Right. So, you know, but, but it can be kind of infectious when you're around people that are. What have been some of your, your, uh, favorite projects post TVO kids? 
You know what? Uh, I mean, when uh, when I originally left, uh, I started getting into the into animation. So what mm. they do in Canada is that you know uh, I, I didn't have an agent uh, at at that point. The first five years when I was working at TVO, I had no one. agent. Yeah. No, just going in and doing my thing. Mm-hmm. So you know, I figured, okay, let me find out how the industry works. And let me see if I can sink or swim, right? And uh, so I got an agent, uh, and um, and what they do is they just send you out for everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I had always had this idea of, hey, listen, I'm Joe from TVO Kids. Like, I'm pretty sure you could just sort of, you know, I should be getting like juice box commercials, and you know, <laughs> uh, you uh, this would just parlay into all kinds of things and stuff, right? And they were like, ju- yeah, no, juice box money. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, that should be all me, right? Yeah. Like that's that's all coming my way, mm-hmm. and uh, and I learned after that was a very American way of thinking, you right. know, like in the United States where there's a star system and oh yeah, no, right, yeah, yeah, you should it's definitely be hawking here. that stuff. Yeah, here it's just yep, you're gonna go out for every commercial, you're gonna go out for uh, voice stuff, you're gonna go out for it's just, off right. you go with everybody else. Yeah, with yeah. all the all the riffraff, you just you're not special here, kid. Off you go. You might have been at this audition. It was for Coors Light. Mm-hmm. It might have been, it was this huge cattle call, horribly organized. It was a, <laughs> it, 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 it was a, can we swear on this podcast, Dave? Is it all you right? You go ahead and swear. Have we decided it was a shit show? I mean, just, there's no fair. other way to describe this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I remember it was for, it was, it was beer commercial. It was for Coors Light. And yeah, those commercials were always insane, right? They were, they were crazy. This particular one day i think was nuts i I think you were there and at some point like you 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 were there for a while and then left uh i was still there i I was there for four hours at this thing right Right. four hours and they they brought me in and out twice and there was a uh they were auditioning they were casting six spots Mm -hmm. so i guess i just figured they're just going to do all six commercials at the same time which is why this was crazy right and And they'd see six thousand people for those six spots right yeah 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 it was it was bedlam and the one commercial was you know a bunch of you know uh, beer drinking guys you know at the side of the pool and you know and there's bikini girls right girls in bikinis and so of course they they literally had girls in their bikinis at this at this thing. Right? I think I know which one you're talking about. Right. Yeah. You would you would remember that day. It was yeah. it was off the page. This was it was just it was it was I, I couldn't believe it. Like I'm now I'm in here with these six dudes and you're up against the wall. Then they bring in the girls and then so they come in and they're in their bikinis. And then this one, you know, I, I know they're used to it because they're they're models and this is what they do. The one her agent didn't tell her that, you know, she was supposed to bring a bikini. Is her lingerie okay if she just has her underwear? Mm-hmm. You know, of course, this direct. Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's uh, that's fine. You know, we have to get an idea of it and stuff. All right, fine. And now, and now I'm the guy sitting by the pool, and then this actress has to sit on my lap and say her line, mm-hmm. and she's in sheer Calvin Klein bra and and panties, like this is like sheer. I'm like, yeah. and so this is happening, and then I, <laughs> I swear to you, Dave. <laughs> She's there and delivering this stuff. And then there's another bikini girl who's sort of behind me to the left talking to this other guy. And then in between takes, she taps my shoulder and I look over to her and she's like, are you Joe from TVO Kids? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, 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 I, <laughs> I sure am. Oh my gosh, like I watched the show and it's just so much fun. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And now you're in a bikini looking at, 
Crawl Space Joe with a model on his lap in sheer Calvin Klein bra and V string. Like this is yeah. like this is happening for real. Like this is what's eight show business that kind grand. Of thing, oh my gosh! It, and that kind of thing would happen all the time. I mean, that's the look. It's one of the great things about about TVO kids that it's sort of you know it's it's always follow me in the in the best way because you know you're you're in people's homes every day, right? Uh, I mean, only anchor people. And maybe like the VJs, how much music at the time? Right, were on television every day. Yeah, so, you also had people. You you also had kids that grew up with you. Yeah, to, to this day, you still run into people who are now parents and yeah. and talk about how they used to watch you on a daily basis when they were kids. Yeah, and how it formed yeah, but, them in some way. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, you know, then so you know, now having left the show, it was sort of okay. Like you know what? Like I'm, you know, you, you're trying to go into it fresh. Yeah, and because you've been told. Yep, it's got to be fresh, and nobody nobody cares about all that stuff. But everywhere you go, they they care about that stuff, and which is great. I mean, the reason why I retired at the time was that if I wanted to try new things, you know, you worry about being typecast, right? Like, you mm -hmm. know, if if and I'd always said if if I knew that I could do it for like twenty years and that mm -hmm. I just be able to make a living and no problem, a hundred percent, like absolutely. But even in back then, ninety nine, you know. It, TVO, the budgets were being cut. You know, there's no guarantee if you, you know, if if it's it, how long it's going to be there, and 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 you know, so I mean, yeah, you know, Mr. Dressup can do it forever, and Friendly Giants doing it forever, but mm -hmm. you know, you don't know if 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 that would be the case there. So yeah, if you're ever going to have a chance to kind of try new things, this would be the time to do it before people just say that's all you can do, right? Uh, and so that's so that was cool. Uh, I did a show called Metabots. Yeah, I did a couple of animated shows when I first started doing things. Yeah, I remember. Metabots wasn't. Yeah, that was an anime that we recorded in 2000, and it was. Uh, you know, that's when Pokemon was huge, yeah. and you knew they were just trying to find whatever was going to be the next Pokemon, the next Pokemon. So, we you know, and a lot of animation happens in Toronto, and dubbing of those shows happens in Toronto. Yeah. So it's a the animation sphere is is huge there. You know, I just I just did my uh, my warmed over. I always say it's my warmed over Chris Rock voice, <laughs> which I have used many a time. Yeah, uh, and it, 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 it's it's worked out and stuff. But you know, he's supposed to be this energetic guy. He's a little robot who's got an attitude. So you know, Iggy, come on, we got to get out of here. Let's go. And ended up getting the show, which was which was great. Metabots has followed me for years and years yeah. because it ran three seasons. And Metabots had this cult following. Uh -huh. And over the years, like, you know, when I first built my website, the page on my website, I could always see that was the most looked at was Metabots. Right. Because, you know, anime fan, animation fans, you know, because this is also too, before cons, you know, now cons are everywhere. There's like yeah. all of these comic cons that, you know, people can go to and connect and find their people. This is, it was not like that. 20 years ago, it was a, it, you know, it was still a very select and small community sure. to be able to find everybody and stuff. Right. So yeah. when I was posting stuff about Metabots, they were, like, Oh man, this dude's the guy, this is Metabee from Metabots. And yeah. so it, it was, it, so it was sort of my first was like, Oh man. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's stuff out here to be done. And there's, so Metabots was probably the, like, the first thing outside of TVO kids where I was like, oh, this thing has a following and people really like it and really enjoy it. 
that uh you know that had like a real impact that was a year another one you did that i remember that uh i got a good laugh out of when i realized wow jesus some of the stuff that joe's working on is really huge is i remember being out at toys r us right and you know walking around and and picking out christmas gifts for nieces and and i stumble upon the uh the fisher price section and you'd been doing rescue heroes right and you had your own action hero well, you would like, you know, pull the string on the back. I'm just kidding. You just pull the string on the back. That's just dating myself there. You push the yeah, button no. on the back of the figure. You could hear your voice until yeah. eventually yeah. the battery ran out of the thing or <laughs> whatever. Yes. That but, right? you know, yeah. they like push the yeah. back of the, what was your, it was Rocky Canyon. was your Rocky Canyon. That yeah, was yeah, the, your, that was the character. He was the, the mountain climbing rookie on the rescue heroes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I remember that record because they have you record like 120 different lines, yeah. right? But the way technology worked, you had to say it one word at a time. See, right. hey, Billy, there's a mountain up ahead. You got to, you know, <laughs> you got to have a, a coherent sentence, but you got to give breaks. It was just the way they, they said we had to do it. And like, this was like, like 2000, 2001. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So, uh, yeah, like my friends were freaking out because... They had, you know, they had younger brothers yeah. or they, they love rescue heroes. And now, and, you know, Rocky Canyon is a, he's a black dude. Uh-huh. So it, it might as well be me, you know, young yeah. guy looks like me, huge, gigantic muscles, just like me. I mean, there you go. <laughs> pumped as all hell. That's right. Uh, yoked. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they had, uh, I'm 150 pounds, everybody. Just, <laughs> just, just, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I grew up playing soccer, so I'm I'm lithe. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's my that's your, my build. Your spirit animal is 300 pounds. Yeah, so. yes, yeah, so I'm athletic. Rip yeah, like. no, this guy, yeah, gigantic. <laughs> and but you could press the button and you could hear me, Rocky Canyon here. Hey, Billy, let's go. And it's yeah. like, oh, Joe, you got action figure. It's just like, well, I mean, it's Rocky Canyon, but it might as well be me. It's my voice. Yeah, and, and it's me. And it's that, like your your so. own GI Joe with a kung fu grip. Oh my gosh, was bro, it GI Joe with the kung is, fu grip? He did. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. That's right. Kung Fu Grip. Kung Fu Grip. That's right. So it was, so that was amazing. So it's like, wow. I mean, so Metabots is booming. Uh, I got an action figure and Rescue Heroes went for like four years. Yeah. They did a uh, like direct video movie that was really popular. Like it was just so much fun. So it was just really, you know, and for me, again, this is, you're just learning. You're still just learning and finding stuff out and mm. figuring things st- out and everything like that. Right. So it was, you know, so it was good. I mean, it was, you know, so it was doing some animation, um, got to do a, uh, did a show for um, uh, Leafs TV. You know, they, they were, Leafs and Raptors were just yeah. launching their digital channel. That's right, yeah. And uh, and look, there's nothing, it's really exciting to be somewhere ground up, you know, when they're just starting something. Mm-hmm. So you, you did POV sports, you did a lot of sports stuff for a while there. And you you were like, you were going out and doing great cup games and you were doing Pan Am games and you were done a lot of sports uh, reporting and uh, Rollins and uh, yeah. 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 We were, uh, I mean, the, the sports show at CBC was, was cool enough to do uh, POV sports. Um, but then part of my contract was that I would uh, maybe do something with CBC sports, you know, like once a month or mm-hmm. it was something written in there, right. Just to have one more person doing something. Mm-hmm. So, which was, uh, you know, which was cool because, you know, like I've, you know, uh, I've always been, uh, I, I guess I said, I grew up playing sports. I, I watch everything. I played soccer, ran some track. Uh, I've done, you know, but I've always loved sports. We got to go to the, uh, the, the heritage classic, right. uh, 2003, 
So that was the the first one. It was Montreal Canadiens, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, it was the the outdoor game. You're, yeah. You're, that was. So this and was I was playing first. like a football stadium, or where did right. they play that one? The, Commonwealth Stadium, which is what where in the Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton Eskimos played. Edmonton Eskimos oh, yeah. play. Yeah, you know where. Oh, uh, that would have been cold. It was, bro. Yeah, that was it. Was that was a different type of cold. They said if it went under. If it went under minus twenty five degrees Celsius, yeah. they wouldn't play the game. Yeah. Because it would just be too dangerous. They they couldn't guarantee the ice quality because I think at that point it would crack. Yeah, when it want... gets too cold, it gets pretty bad. Like just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ice can be so too they cold. Said, yeah, yeah. And they said if it goes if it hits minus twenty five Celsius, they won't play. At game time it was minus twenty six. Yeah. But they played because there's no way that they're not going to. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're already deep in it. You've got everybody. And, like, this was the first one. Like, now these stadium games are a dime a dozen. Yeah. But that was the first one. And it was a super big deal because that was the first time that Wayne Gretzky was going to play in any sort of alumni game. Right. You know, he's, he's Wayne Gretzky. He's not doing that stuff. But, you know, Guy Lafleur is coming out for, for, the, uh, for, for the Canadians. we got Larry Robinson. So, you know, it was... Yeah, because they'd, they'd make a big event for, of it, right? They'd have the the actual hockey game, which we which would be part of the regular season, and then they do like a uh, uh, an old timer kind of game, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, but it was that weekend was insane in the city because the greats, every great, every Edmonton Oilers great, every Montreal Canadiens great. Then the teams themselves were going to play a game, Commonwealth Stadium, freezing cold. It was. I mean, you know, it was just like, man, like this is this is bonkers, yeah. and I was there for it and stuff, right? This like is the it was, show, yeah, it it's was, it was, yeah. So that was that was very very cool. I mean, one of the great things about that gig was, you know, I mean, uh, TVO took me all over the province of Ontario, which was great, right? Uh, that uh, CBC took me all over the country, mm-hmm. and you know, got to do things in the states. Uh, you know, we covered X Games one year so got to be down there and got to talk to tony hawk and got to mm-hmm. uh hang out and johnny knoxville we got an interview with johnny knoxville and you know just hanging out in la like that was staples center yeah man. what are some of the celebrities that you've met that uh really kind of made their mark on you uh i mean you know what it's been cool sort of i mean it's it, it's nice there are people that obviously have been doing it for a long long time and you know and depending on what point I met them, I've been doing it for a relatively short time. So, right. you know, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, I would never say that we're peers, mm-hmm. right? Cause that's, that would be ignorant. You know, it's like, I'm just sort of still sort of get my feet wet. And yeah, I know what you mean. Long time. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, but then you're sort of like, it's, it's, it's surreal to sort of be having conversations or doing stuff with them or, or whatever. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Mr. Dressup had come to visit in the crawl space once. Right. And that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Then met him at the Gemini's uh, years later and just got a picture with him and uh, chatted with him for a couple of minutes. And there was a big crowd, um, you know, maybe partly because, you know, people knew I had a background in in children's. But I think more because I was the person that had the guts to go up to him and get the picture. And Mm -hmm. I always felt bad about that because then after I left, everybody, oh, Mr. Dressup. It's like, oh, man, I just... I just screwed him. <laughs> right. Poor guy is probably just trying to get home now. And now everybody's coming up and like, I broke the, I broke the bubble. Uh, uh, so I, 
eternally apologize to him for that. But that but was the, 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 the thing about Mr. Dressup is but some people might be listening and, and uh, they're not from Canada. Mr. Dressup right. was an institution in Canada. He was on a CBC. He was basically yes. our, our, uh, our uh, Mr. Rogers. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was a thousand percent. He, yeah. he, he they really worked together. They, mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he really, uh, I mean, he really played a big role in, in, uh, in children's broadcasting. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he was, he was, he the, was giant. the guy. Yeah. He was the guy for decades. Yeah. And, you know, so it was a, it was a big deal when, you know, you were sort of, you know, anywhere around him, regardless of if you worked in children's television or, or not. I mean, there's people who, you know, especially there at the Gemini's, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. the best of the best in Canada. Right. And, you know, there's a reverence, right? I mean, look, there's not, not many people do a show for 30 years. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, a, a hit, you know, for, for something to keep on going. It's like, you know, look, if you get two seasons, even today, you know, I work on a show. It's just like, oh man, it'd be great to get a second season, second season. Let's get a second season. Yeah. Oh man, no second season. Like it's, so it's a, it's a big whoop to do uh, multiple seasons. So that guy. And be relevant I mean, for that many seasons and too. That, well, that, and that's the thing too. I mean, look, the great thing about, and that's one of the great things too about children's is that, that ought, if you're doing it well, you're going to get a fresh batch of viewers coming up the pipe right you know others age out but you got another bunch that are coming in right yeah. it's a it is a show that you can do for a while i mean that's why it's a big deal when like something like saturday night live can go for 40 years because you know it's a it's it's still sort of the that same kind of late night sort of vibe and stuff right mm-hmm. so you're not you're not always getting like a fresh batch every every couple there's generations but right it's different so the fact that ernie coombs aka mr jessup did the show for that long it was a big deal so yeah. you know when people were you know, again, these are grown men and women looking at him at mm-hmm. the Gemini's. You know, it was like you there's a respect there, right? Mm-hmm. And then I come on over, hey, what's going on? Listen, can I get it? Oh, the, oh, and you know, very, very nice. And mm-hmm. but then, you know, so that's then the lineup started. So yeah. I, you I, mentioned I Bill him, Nye. So. Bill Nye was another guy like that who's just Bill really Nye. really made yeah. a mark in in uh in, in broadcasting and educational Yeah, broadcasting. When I met him, I remember he wanted to be uh he wanted he was trying to get into the space program so he was uh he'd applied or he was trying to get into the um into uh he he wanted to go to space oh yeah so yeah so i remember like um at the time i was trying to memorize international broadcast language alpha beta charlie delta echo foxtrot right and i remember like i was talking to him about that and then of course bill and i you know hotel india julia kilo like just yeah. ran through the whole thing in five seconds i'm yeah. like all right show off all right i get it yeah mm-hmm. you're gonna go to space okay like i'm sorry i gotta sit there and be like is it october is oh october is he just whipping through everything so mm-hmm. he's really really uh a uh, uh, cool guy and stuff very very nice uh kratz brothers uh they were great yeah. as well uh when we got to meet them um they were you know, just really, really great. They're still doing their stuff. Like they are, I was joking around last year, TVO kids celebrated his 25th anniversary. Right. And they had a little bumper with the, Hey, this is Chris and this is Martin. Happy 25th birthday, TVO kids. And I remember posting on my uh, Facebook page, uh, cause I've got a bumper of them when we did the fifth birthday and you know, they got dark hair and they're just young and strapping and like happy fifth birthday TVO kids. And yeah. I put it alongside these old dudes with their white hair. <laughs> happy 25th birthday TVO kids. I'm like, Oh man, these guys have, they've been in the thick and stuff like that. Right. So, so they, they were, they, they were cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an opportunity. Uh, I had a small role 
in a movie called uh, Blindness mm-hmm. uh, 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 a few years ago. It's shot in uh, London, Ontario, mm-hmm. and um, uh, based on a book by Jose Saramago, and it was uh, this movie. And so I've always, uh, I think you know this about me, Dave. I've, I've never been shy about saying it. I've always had a thing for the redheads. I love everything. <laughs> I love yeah. everything under the stars but you know there's something about red i just you know they're they're, they're special there's a they're special, special place in joe motiki's heart for the redheads right the little gingers and, uh, yeah and i did so i got this role in um in blindness and it starred um uh julianne moore right and uh oh good she's a redhead dave <laughs> she's she's a she's got red hair attractive lady yeah she's she's pretty good and she's, she's kind of talented yeah and her hair's not red. She's blonde for the movie. And, you know, and now I'm like, uh, you know, you don't want to be a chump. Like, I just, I've seen chumps. You know, those chumps that just want to, it's like, don't be a chump, man. Like, act like you've been to the end zone before. Like, just don't, right. don't be stupid. But, you know, I just, you know, hey, you know, hey. And she, very, very nice. And we chatted mm-hmm. for, like, two minutes mm-hmm. on our way back to the trailers, you know, where she Makes a left to her gigantic trailer, <laughs> the <laughs> house, the, the house that she is living yeah, yeah. in that has wheels. And I'm gonna make and a right hand turn into your trailer right next to the toilet. That's it. that's <laughs> right. That is that, that's where mine is and stuff. But for two minutes, I I chatted amicably with Julianne Moore. <laughs> and make no mistake, two minutes is a long time. Uh, that is a don't think that's uh, that is not that that matters that is a right. 120 seconds it, it that's that's a, it, so i spent that quality time with uh with julia moore so that was just one of those nice things where it's like all right you know what like i've never you know i've acted i'm you know like i'm a host first and foremost i've done a little bit of acting here or there yeah i'm passable so be it but <laughs> i got to spend i got to spend two minutes with julia moore dave yeah that is that's fun. And isn't that the best too when you meet somebody that you look up to or you admire and and they're a cool person. We forget. And, uh, and again, this is one of the things that um uh, you know, I I'm fortunate to have a good disposition that I understand that like, you know, look, it might be the 1 millionth time that I get asked for an autograph or I get stopped on the street. But for that person, it's their first time. Mm-hmm. they've never seen you before so if they like what you did or they you know they have an affinity for a character that you played mm-hmm. you know you can you can take a minute right it's it it might be a lot of minutes for you but that's their minute right right and you know look julianne moore it's been a long day you know so i mean she, oh my gosh who the hell is this yeah talking to me about the such and such but you know look at the end of the day it's just you know it's it, yeah, you just you can have a conversation, and you know I'll I'll always have a great Julianne Moore story to tell for the rest of my days, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's and hopefully there's you know there's a lot of people out there that have a good Joseph Motiki story that they get to tell for the rest of their days, because you know that there are some people that just you know it's all and and you know it's like you gotta relax, man. Like you gotta take it easy, people are happy to see you. They like you. There yeah. are worse things in the world than having people like you or like what you do, mm-hmm. right? And that, you know, if they get excited because, you know, now they get to meet you and they get to see you and they get to talk to you, this is going to be their cool story for like many years. So you can be the hero of that cool story or you can be or you can be the 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 dickhead villain that is forever going to be, oh my gosh, he did that? Yeah, man, he was not nice. Yeah, you, you got to make a decision, which 
Well, and you've, again, you've had a lot of those moments where you've 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 stopped and given given time to people who uh, who look up to you and who have known you from various shows that you've worked on. So you've always been very generous with your time in that regard, and it is important because, like I was saying earlier about the the Bruno Gerusi story, you know, meeting the kid on the subway who was very excited that you were taking public transportation. Uh, you never know whether or not you never know when you're going to meet somebody like that where it's going to be a big moment for them where where mm. something's going to click for them too like not only do they just get to meet somebody that they really admire but also that they figure out oh this is like a real regular guy this is a real human being and this is yeah. somebody like me and and maybe uh, maybe this is something that I could do too uh, that's part of the equation as well right is uh, being accessible for young people coming up and, and uh, that that's yeah. always an exciting moment for people as well oh no Look, you know, I don't know I've if you ever a, met anybody like that when you were a kid that you were like, oh, wow, this is this is something I could do. Was there a moment like that in your life where you were like, I could do that? You know what? I, I, I don't think I ever had a definitive a definitive moment. So I was fortunate at a young age where I was like, I, I knew that here in North America, Dave, our job is it's the it's enjoying your job is the key to life. The only thing that we do in North America more than our job is sleep. Uh-huh. Other parts of the world, they get it. You know, in Spain, they siesta in the afternoons. Norway's got three months of paid vacation. They just, the work-life balance, they've got it figured out everywhere but North America. Exactly. It's only here where it's 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours. So the key to life is your job. You better either love your job or you better love what your job affords you. If if you don't have one of those two things, if you don't love what you're doing that 50, 60 hours, or if you don't love that the money you make from that allows you to pursue things that you really enjoy, it's a wrap. You, you're the person that comes home and you drop the briefcase and you yell at your wife and you're angry at the kids and you become that guy mm-hmm. or girl. If you like what you do, everything's available and everything is open to you. Yeah, And I think it was... I think it was it was making that decision and understanding that that the the key to to your life enjoyment is is going to be your job that sort of steered me that steered me into this. Yeah. There was a job uh, fair uh, or sorry a school fair you know where the schools come with their programs they come to the high schools and hey you should get into this program you should do this program and RTA Radio and Television Arts they came and they were talking about it and they said that ninety three percent of their graduates get jobs. Mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily in the, the field that you want, but you'll work. Mm-hmm. So to me, I'm like 93%. Okay. I'm a practical guy. I got to be better than seven of every hundred and mm-hmm. I'll work. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. And that's what I decided. I decided, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. So when I started school, I took a year off in between high school and university and I went to uh, South Africa to go visit family for a year. Right, because um, your, your parents which, were from South Africa, but you were born here in Toronto. Right. Yeah. So I figured, you know what? I'll probably never have a year to myself again where I can just go and just meet everybody and see family members and just, you know, and experience it. So went to South Africa. I met 132 family members while I was there. Wow. Grand aunts, grand uncles, uh, cousins. Sounds like a uh, lecker time. I, there's lecker. <laughs> There's Dave lecker. It's a lecker <laughs> vacation. Lecker. <laughs> That's right. Some Afrikaans for everybody. So, His beautiful uh, wife is South African, so he, <laughs> that he means knows the uh, words. super cool. It's a great, great, <laughs> great right. lecker. This is some lecker That's chicken. Right. Some great That's chicken. Right. Hey, hey, you want some cool drink? 
Hey, hey, you want some cool drink? <laughs> hey, get them a cool drink. <laughs> you get so you go to South Africa, you meet all your relatives. But at the same time, I'm figuring out what I'm doing for school. Yeah. And I decide that, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to radio and television arts. So I, I wrote my uh, uh, letter to apply for the program because you had to apply. Only so many people got in. I sent it to my uh, great friend, uh, Jeff Segura, who I know since public school, and I got his parents to type it up for me. Because uh, even back then, it was a big deal to have like a typewriter or whatever to type something up properly. I didn't want to send it to my parents because uh, I know my dad was excited about the thought of me doing law, and I didn't want him thinking or, or, or sabotaging that I wasn't going to do law. So right. I, I gave them the uh, to, to send in for me, and Jeff sent it into Ryerson, and then when I got back, I saw that they had brought me in for an interview and went in. So, you know, so I told my parents, yeah, I'm going to take radio intelligence arts at Ryerson. You know, my dad's like, well, that's not law. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not, what? Like, what's this all about? So that just sounds was, like fun. You just want to have yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, and which is, you know, you don't want to, again, seem like that flighty guy. So I guess this comes full circle. That's what was great about getting what and getting that show yeah. because this is what I'm going to do. And it's a real thing. And yeah, uh, there's going to be a, his paychecks and it's 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 real yeah i'm not just some goofy guy who's just playing it's it's legit so it uh it worked out and that but that that was sort of the thing i think that was sort of the key knowing that the key to your life is enjoying what you do and exactly look i'm 26 years in it dave and uh you know i've been fortunate that i've 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 always worked and it's been steady and I've been able to, you know, all my bills get paid and I've never had to have another job. I've never, you know, some people have to, uh, I've been lucky. I haven't had to. And, uh, this job is, it's taking me, it's taking me all over the world and mm. I'm fortunate for the experiences and stuff. I, yeah. you know, it's, uh, so it's, but, uh, you know, I, as you said, a hammy hamster, maybe that's, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No, you're right. I mean, if you can, if you can get paid uh, to have fun uh, and and uh, provide some enjoyment for other people, it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, we've talked yeah. about this before. Uh, there's, uh, you know, people often say, "Well, if you could, uh, if you could do it all again, would you, would you do it differently?" There would be some things I would change about how I did what I did. I don't think I would. Do, I would, don't think I would embark on a different career if I had a, an opportunity to do things differently. I've enjoyed Ooh. every moment. I've had a, an opportunity to meet, like you, like you said, a lot of amazing people and mm-hmm. uh, come full circle here. That's why I invited you on the show because uh, I, I met you early on in my career and first uh, probably about two years into my career. Uh, it was the first time I worked at a television station. It was the first time I got to do live television. And that right. was a really important time because I met some of the best friends I was ever going to have at that time. Uh, and you were one of those people. And, and uh, uh, so having you yeah. on the show has been a really a, a cool experience. Uh, I'm glad that you came on today. And it's been, uh, it's been great to be your friend, my friend. Um, and, uh, and I thank you for that. I'm, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm not shy about telling uh, right my friends you, and no. my male buddies um, that I love them. And Mr. Motiki, uh, I do indeed love you. And, uh, you've been an amazing friend and I'm sure we're going to have many more conversations like this because, uh, you have a lot of, uh, exciting times ahead and uh, exciting, uh, new projects, uh, that, uh, we will be discussing in the future. 
Sounds good. Love you too, brother. And uh, uh, honored to be uh, number one in the uh, in the podcast. And uh, good luck with it. And uh, I think you're gonna you're really gonna enjoy the experiences and the conversations that uh, you're gonna have. So uh, good for you, bro. Keep uh, keep at it. And uh, thanks very much, homeboy. Thank you. Well, there you have it. What a great conversation with my buddy Joe. I'm sure he'll be back again on another episode as we really barely scratch the surface. As promised earlier, we put together a segment that features some funny, bizarre, incredible, and sometimes stupid stories told by some of my favorite people. This one is told by my childhood buddy and neighbor, Tim Hoare. So, without further ado, here's Tim's story. Please don't try this at home. Hi, I'm Tim Hoare, and this is my story. So here we are, 15 years old, me and Dave at St. Laurent Shopping Center. I think we'd just seen Weird Science or Fright Night, and we're bored, and I can't remember whose idea it was, probably mine, but I still blame Dave, to hop over the roof parking wall onto the roof of the shopping center itself. We just wanted to look down through the skylights. You fill in the motivation. So we're up there for maybe five, six minutes when a helicopter flies overhead. Dave's like, we better hide. They're probably looking for us. And I'm thinking, man, what an ego on this guy. I convince him that's ridiculous and we continue on our mindless roof romp. We finally get bored, hop back over the wall, only to find cop cars waiting. They blare their lights and the next thing you know, we're in the back seat and one of the cops is telling us that we set off seven alarms. They accuse us of being high, which we surprisingly weren't, then drive us home in separate cars to confront our parents. I live right across the street from Dave, so I'm watching as he gets walked to his door and I'm getting walked to mine and I'm thinking life is over for us. And he disappears into his house with his cop, and I don't know the rest of Dave's story. I'm sure he told me the next day, but years of partying, you know. So my cop, turns out my dad knew him from high school. I get sent to my room, and they enjoy a scotch while they catch up on old times. I remember my dad saying to me the next day, So, you're not going to do that again, are you? He had a smirk on his face when he said it. In a strange way, I think he was proud of me. Anyway, I'm Tim Horn. And that's my story. My thanks to Tim for that. My thanks also to my friend, singer-songwriter Jerry Stamp, who wrote and performed the Cool Story theme song, as well as all other stings, jingles, and transition music for our show. Thank you, Jerry. You rock. To listen to some of Jerry's music, look him up wherever you stream your music. So that's it for episode one. Stay cool, friends. Everybody's had some adventures. Everybody's had a few close calls. Everybody's got a story. What's your 